Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com, the lead-in online career and cast-in marketplace for circus and performing arts, and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. I am your host, Craig Quatt, and in this month's series, Portraits of Inclusion, we will be exploring some of the boundaries between who and what makes something circus in the face of the 21st century's rapidly changing social needs. In this week's episode, Circus Visionaries, Miguel Manzano of Alicante, Spain, and myself sit down to discuss some of the overarching themes of inclusion in circus and what the emergence of such cultural practice says about the transformation and future goals of our industry. Join us now as we dive into the origins of the Quat Props Functional Juggling Project and take a look at how its evolution reflects greater themes of social and cultural change in general. Welcome to the podcast, Miguel Manzano of Alicante, Spain. How are you doing? Hey, man. Cool. You know, I'm, I'm not in Alicante. I'm, as you met me, I'm always moving around. And now I just, I was in the AJC last week in Trascantos in Madrid. It was really beautiful. And now I'm, I'm on my way to uh, one, another encounter, a meeting of crazy people that wants to, to change the world, you know, to out-organize and to see another ways to see like anarchists and, you know, people. Cool. I know exactly what you're talking about, but maybe the listeners don't. So let's take a little bit of a step back. Is you're kind of a you're you're like me you're a crazy guy who's all over the place and it's hard to keep track of uh, what you're doing you're very connected and you know the collaboration process I know is really important to you so um, to begin with uh, what we're here to do today and why I invited you the title of the podcast is Circus Visionaries Visionaries are people who think about the future who think about change and you are someone who clearly does that in your in your work and you're here today to share with us what that experience is like, what it's like to be a person in circus today that works for change. Uh, what is the change that you feel we need and what is the change that you're trying to make? Um, so I know you, I met you in 2017 in Menorca, Spain. I was there, I think it was a circus works project or was it FESCA? I'm not sure. One of the, one of the organizations in Europe and I attended one of your presentations. Um, I don't think you were on the schedule, <laughs> but you just decided to do it anyway. Yeah. And it was about this uh, circus tent, right? This concept, this crazy guy. I'm, I'm an American and this is my first time in, in the islands of Spain, you know, and I'm surrounded by all this, you know, culture shock. And I, I'm, I and remember watching your presentation and just being so um, impressed about the level, the depth that you were thinking and all the elements. And because you come from the <laughs> architecture background, right? You studied architecture yeah. and those, you really apply those skills now, don't you? Um, so this presentation was like this idea of like uh, taking over some old land in the city and building this tent, like the design of the tent. Um, how did it work? Yeah, like a, like an orange uh, skin. Like a peel, right? You could pull it up yeah. and improvise. Um, so I fell in love. I fell in love with your ideas and the the direction you, you could see uh, the impacts we were making with social change and social circus. And that began our relationship. And since then, I've, I've we've stayed in touch all these years. We continue to collaborate. And we're going to be doing some really big things uh, in the future. 
And this is why I invited you here today. So maybe you can begin by uh, telling us a little bit about what your path was to lead you to Menorca and then where you've been since. Yeah, so um, I, I want to say that first to meet you, I was kind of lost. You know, like I was, uh, I was an architect, but I was not an architect because I was a circus guy, but I was not a circus guy. Uh, I don't. I don't see myself as a performer, but I have performed a lot. But at the end, it was like Menorca and Ibiza because it was one and another. I follow you. Um, I think we we became friends in Ibiza. We met in Menorca. In Menorca, yeah, it for was sure. this time of okay. <laughs> this person is interesting to me. These ideas for me, the the functional juggling ideas, shocked my brain because I didn't expect that much. It was like people were talking about Craig Quad. Uh, okay. I didn't respect you before I met you. It was like a standard guy that is a claim from everyone. I don't trust when the people have an idol. And I don't mm -hmm. think you were an idol. You were more like a something strange, something new, uh, at least in Europe in that moment. So Thank you. But <laughs> No, yeah, but, but, but I was interested. Like, okay, why the people see this guy is interesting? You know, always with this, I'm kind of a, a snob in this, in this way n normally. I need the people demonstrate that their ideas are strong. At least they have the blow. And that, that happened when I go to the, your seminar. You know, the, the ideas of functional juggling blow my mind. And it, in that point, after that in Ibiza, you were, we were talking a lot in a really deep way, you know, like mm -hmm. really is. And I was <laughs> translating you for 35 hours yeah. that it was the, <laughs> the hardest thing I have translated ever because it was five hours per day. Seven days, you know, you, they, you say all the theory of functional juggling in that moment, and now it's like five years later, probably, no, it has changed, but it was the origin. You know, you were like kind of uh, uh, in a revolutionary set. Now you are more like structured, but in that, more in that organized, point, it was like yeah. all the ideas, you know. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of help. I've had a lot of help. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but. A lot of help from a lot of people. But it was, it was really, it was really cool. I was with, with, uh, with Celso last week, uh, in the AJC, uh, that he, he's also part of the, of the, of the group, of the crew of Functional Juggling. And he's, he's shocked I, I still with that workshop. He said that that workshop changed his life also. So it's like that, that moment in Ibiza changed a lot of lives, like, uh, Ilaria, all the people from, from Spain that were part of that. Even me, not mm. after that. My life yeah. just changed it, and you know all the things that happen after that. Yeah, this is interesting. This is interesting because I've never really talked to you about this. You know, we kind of just met and started doing things. But um, you know, you were talking about your mind is blown. I hear that a lot with people. Oh, my mind was blown by functional juggling. But I think you really connected with the underlying themes of the project. You know, like the the open source and how I was trying to develop it horizontally. Mm -hmm. And in Spain, you, you really helped connect me with all the other people who were thinking the same way um, because it wasn't easy to develop that way, you know. And I know we've talked about this as well. Like I use this American style when I present to try to like convince people. And I know that that was like something for you that at the beginning is like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Yeah. Uh, but then it's the actions, you know, because words, words are cheap. Everyone can use words, but it's the actions, how the people develop, you know, if we choose to share or own um, and that's what I was doing there in Ibiza. And uh, so following when we met in Ibiza, uh, became friends in Ibiza, you then invited me to Spain, Alicante, Spain, 
Yeah. And uh, you you started making juggle boards. You really you really jumped in. You really drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> you, you were like uh, you were like one of the first people or one of the few at the beginning. There's this there's this crew. You know, there's you. There's Lapo Buteri from Italy. There's Ilaria from uh, Valencia. Um, and they. Uh, I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like you are the ones that invited me into your communities. And I think, yeah, I guess you have to have a pretty big impact on people for that to happen, right? Yeah, well, you, you can see on the on the downloads, not from the book, like in Spain is one of the yeah. main uh, focus of the, of the theory of the book. Yeah, Spain is definitely top three for downloads. Actually, bringing that up, um, we'll put a dis- in the description for sure, links for the book. It's up to 4,000, like 200 now. 4,200 downloads, pretty, pretty good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is something that it matters a lot, and I want that in my life. At the end of our meeting in Ibiza, it was the last, uh, the last night, you remember it was, normally it should uh, happen uh, a show, but they have problems uh, with the license and the police it came to the, to the tent. So we were there. And we, we set up uh, as the last uh, part of the seminar, we set up a, a play, a place with, with games, with functional game, uh, juggling games, different approaches. And it was full of kids. And we were talking with one guy that normally he used, uh, used to, to perform, but because was not a performing and it, uh, it was close, uh, the, the tent, he was just speaking to you. Like he was interested in your job and he was talking about his, he makes bouncing balls. He he used to have nine bouncing balls, and he was telling you oh, okay. that he has <laughs> he has some troubles with the connection with the bouncing balls. Uh, but he ha- he has been studying neuroscience, and he he realized that as much he as deep he goes in this field is is more difficult to him. And you say to him, "Yeah, that is normal because you are changing your relationship with the objects." But there is some people. Uh, most you can find most of this kind of people with the autistic people uh, that has this relationship really really clear like that children and this guy say no that children is not autistic and you say indeed he is and he say no this children yeah. is my son <laughs> yeah 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 and your face was like what? <laughs> and you in the two seconds you listen uh, uh, look at me and say Okay, Miguel, I need you to translate this the best way you can. And it was like, okay, what's <laughs> going on here? And you start to describe all the topics he, this guy, these children was making and the way you were so sure that he was autistic. But what was the best way? Because th- th- this, this relationship was incredible because in that point, the, when you explain, really organize all this information for this guy, this father, that discovered in this moment that his son was autistic, and the first, the first question he made to you, that it was so beautiful, he said, and what I can do to help my children. So in this point, it allows you to explain different strategies to go and build a relationship yeah. that matters in order to help that children. And it was all based on functional juggling. So in that point, for me, it was like... He really, he understood it as a juggler, you know, because he was a juggler. Yeah, he was a juggler. And then I was able to use the juggling to make the connection. So like, I really stepped into some trouble there in that moment. But I remember I was able to guide it to a really positive place with him where he was like not walking away as like, uh, as it was good news. You know, he's like, oh, this is, 
my son, I understand my son more now. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't be going around giving diagnosis, but I didn't tell him to, you know, anything that was going to be harmful for the child. You know, I gave him advice about like, uh, you know, cognitive behavior strategies for people who are on the spectrum. Yeah, but that is the, that is the point that at the end, like we are not doctors and we are, don't want to be doctors, but we are artists no. or we are jugglers, if you want. Uh, so mm -hmm. this is what fascinates me from functional juggling, like how you find one path to relate juggling with all the things that matters, you know, like, because mm. jugg juggling is juggling. It's fun and it could be important for certain uh, kind of people. But what functional juggling do is to make that, that bridge between juggling and the things that matters and that makes juggling matters so that's the question like wow how how, <laughs> wow. how you did it yeah that's that's a deep question i think uh you i think you were really helpful in the process as well uh, the definition or the formula solution right was a big part of that because like understanding i think the formula solution explains a lot of it right mm -hmm. a managed anti-entropic sequence of orbital events harmonized by space and time This is an equation. You, you, you helped me come up with this equation. Um, but understanding like why I needed that equation and all the obstacles and barriers and what I was trying to achieve in the process, I think, is, um, is what matters, right? Uh, and what I was trying to achieve is, is human connection, right? Like I'm someone who identifies as being on the spectrum myself and I relate to all these other human beings. Um, and I understand that um, verbal communication isn't, the most effective it's it's like the worst <laughs> verbal communication lies exist with words you can't lie with your body you know like um so for me nonverbal communication was something that was always healthier and, and more uh, enjoyable and i think like the truth is i created functional juggling as a tool for myself you know like i wanted to feel people honestly you know at the time i was living in the united states right and there's a lot of uh lack of authenticity in the culture there and like you know there's a lot it's a cold culture it's not like spain like you guys have there with the hugs and the kisses right mm -hmm. and i was a person who was like you know in need of some connection and i found that connection in, in different groups of like disabled populations right different uh groups where like society tends to look down on them because you find lower levels of egos in those communities like you know no one in the in the down syndrome community is walking around thinking that they're like you know better than anyone else like They're all just sort of comfortable being where they are and expressing love with each other. So it was a lot, it was a lot of those. I was finding ways to use juggling to connect with these people who are nonverbal as well um, and figuring out what matters. So going back to like the formula solution, um, one that was necessary for like culturally to try to help people understand like, because um, what, that, what that solution describes is an emotion, it describes an emotional experience. It doesn't describe an activity. And through this emotional experience that we call juggling, it, it, it becomes a tool that we can use to connect with people who are different than us and outside of our communication boundaries, right? And that's revealing. That's educational. That's consciousness and awareness of yourself with others. And that's what I'm trying to encourage. So I think there's a lot of like confusion or like I've, I've run into, you know, 
hopefully we can avoid these topics, but I know, you know, I've run into some problems with traditional circus culture in the way that I choose to share my ideas. I don't think anyone really has a problem with the ideas themselves. Like no one's threatened by this idea of maybe there's some people, but not so many, this idea of letting more people experience juggling. But I think what really threatens uh, people most is the open source, the horizontal development, right? Because, um, and that's part of it. I have, you know, it goes with my ethos, inclusivity, accessibility. So I, and I, and I think that we can build better and we can build more when we work together. And that for me, the, you know, circus was such a beautiful place to find this social circus, right? Because that's how it works there. You know, like the, this idea of working in a community together to put on a show, everyone's, you know, equal, it's a family, we're working together, your strengths, my weaknesses. Um, so I found, I don't think, I, I, I'm like you, I started off in education or in different discipline, right? I studied education and I went into, um, in literature, classic literature and education. And I was a person who wanted to make social change. That was it. Um, I, I thought I could do that through the education system in the U.S. I found that wasn't going to happen. And then circus was just this perfect tool that I discovered for making all this chaos, for challenging ideas. And I found a, a fertile community of like-minded people like, like you. And then, you know, this is a big, another big theme that I hope we talk about is, you know, the connectivity, how people, you know, some random person from Alicante and some random kid from New Jersey can come together with with revolutionary ideas and we can do something with them now because we're not alone. You know, when, when, when society isolates us, we're limited. But circus is this tool for uniting like the most uh, creative minds in the world. And now we have this element of using circus for social change and that's super exciting. <laughs> why, why you think circus? Why, why you think circus matters? Like juggling matters? You explained, but why we mm -hmm. found in circus? We can found in chess, but we didn't found in chess. We found in circus. So why? Yeah. This is this is a, a topic of conversation for the podcast series. Okay. <laughs> the episode two is with um, you know you know Adam Woolley mm -hmm. uh, from the states, yeah. and he's got a group of doctors that he invited, and and they're gonna they're doing research. You know, they're the uh, Dr. Dean Krelars is doing research with the physical literacy component. And you have like this side of development where people are getting more interested academically in uh, why circus matters. And you could look at those people and they're going to tell you more quantifiable things. And why I think why it matters is how it affects people because the, the studies that they're coming up with, they're finding like, you know, just transformative perceptions of self. Like it doesn't just fix one thing about a person <laughs> like it gives them a tool or like here's an example because i come from a social circus background so i used to run a lot of social circus projects and i'd have students in the states they come in at the beginning the first week of class and all they say is sorry like for every mistake that they make they apologize right and when you ask when you tell them at the beginning of the class like oh today we're going to learn how to juggle today we're going to learn how to do tight wire you've got the look on their faces of fear anxiety and they tell you oh i can't do that and then six weeks into the project completely different child yeah. you know today we're going to learn how to do backflips and the only question they have is how right and i'm someone who comes from a disadvantaged background so i know how powerful that idea is because when you grow up and you're surrounded by oppression 
you start, you, you get fixed state mentality and you just accept your conditions. Right. And I saw like this belief that circus gave people in themselves and how that transmitted to their behavior socially with the rest of the world. Like my students, I had guidance counselors coming from the public schools being asking me like, what are you doing to these kids? Because every, every child in our school system that participates in your program is getting into their first choice university. They're showing dramatic improvement in all their other topics. So like, why does circus matter? <laughs> because human beings matter and we, we deserve that, right? Yeah. That's sort of for me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways you can take this though, right? Like why does circus matter? Why does circus matter to you? Why does circus matters to me? It matters because it's funny. And now it's really difficult to find things that really are funny just in order to be funny. You know, the uh, the way the approach of circus Something happened in the last 20, 30 years. I don't know exactly when, but in some point, mm -hmm. the circus becomes from being, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say this word, but a Sovietic way to learn circus after this familiar way to learn mm -hmm. it. And it becomes a fancy way, a funny way to using games, you know, to take all this laboratory of experimental and pedagogical ways to teach. And for me, what circus is, is a... a a place where you can learn the things that normally are impossible because circus is based on the most difficult thing and you learn it through the gaming so you play until you do it as the functional juggling theory no you repeat time on task and repetition time on task and repetition so we do this because it's funny normally it's not funny time on task and repetition is not funny by itself but when you put it in an, another context it becomes funny and what is funny is you can say your brain, you have one feeling, experience. Your brain experiences the funny as an orgasm of the, of the life, you know? It's, it's funny because it's life. So we have found that. And probably in the 21st century, circus is funny. Maybe in the 22nd uh, century, I don't know what to say. Maybe silk appeal is funny. We don't know. In this say, case of this era, circus is what makes the human beings be joy be enjoy life enjoy uh, learning enjoy to be better to be uh, to get to, to go bigger to, to reach another points and that's funny maybe in the next century is something different we are now in this moment of the history where circus is funny and it's funny because the human being wants it to be um i understand you yeah i agree I think your I think your circus matters to you in a deeper way than that. I'm pretty sure yeah, it sure. does. Um, so maybe explain a little bit more, like some of your projects, because we are sort of unique, right? Our career paths didn't exist ten years ago. Yeah. Like we're the first of our generation, you know, uh, millennials, right? Yeah. So tell us a little. I think it's people are more familiar with functional juggling, and that has like more of a clear developmental path because I've always stayed within the one project but you're someone who's paid uh you know pioneer in the same career field that I am and you're doing it in a different way so tell us a little bit about your the projects you're doing and what you're trying to achieve yeah so you know when we met in in Ibiza I was I told you that I was kind of lost because I finished my career as an architect I was in different you know political groups trying to make these uh, citizens movements in order to 
to recover uh, empty buildings from my city. So we were organized and uh, we tried to make the circus school of my social circus school there with the help of the of the city, but it, it doesn't work. So the thing is that in, in some point, uh, I was lost, I found you in Ibiza, and from that point, my life switched. And I say like, okay, I couldn't do it in my city. Just to, I, my, my focus in that point was to make a circus school. It was my, my, my goal. But after that, I changed, I realized my, my path more than a circus school, what, what I could do, what, what is important to me. So after that, it was to Mexico to run this circus school, this professional circus school that actually also was a social circus school where you came and we were making all these beautiful projects with these associations. We were making all these connections between circus and the clinic, uh, the clinic way. And after that, I was just making communities from circus, you know, like this professional community in, uh, in Jalisco, in Mexico. I was helping them uh, after I came back to Spain after the pandemics. And now I'm, you know, uh, helping the Spanish Social Circus Federation to get uh, recognized by the, the government in order to make it, you know, more like sustainable for a long term and studying all the models from Europe and uh, you know, I have been in Napoli, where other places where we met in Italy, in this neighborhood with Circo Corsaro, with Jack and, and Cesar, with this place uh, that is where all, all the Camorra in, in Scampia, uh, that also, so I'm, I'm learning different paths, and I'm always trying to, to put my, my brain on, on what I do, but at, at the end, my brain is not so important, it's more important the, the connections, the, the, the network itself, so I'm just a person who arrives to one network, and just see what's going on and see what it needed to be so it happened because normally there is and sometimes people know what to do maybe don't know how to do it so you and me are the persons who know or at least the intuition or intuition say okay maybe this is the way to do it and these are the steps and this is the way it, it builds so it it happens so i'm uh, as you i'm a facilitator and when you say when you say help groups like what is it like practically that you're doing uh, me for example as an architect i'm very good on making all the steps that are necessary to do it something if i don't know it i know how to find the information i'm uh, because i in english i'm not so good but in spanish i'm a good speaker i have realized that like i know how to structure <laughs> ideas so i make kind of lobbying i have been also this design skill so when uh, in menorca they call me back in order to create uh, this another school with a domo uh, so at the end i have different skills as you and i put on the service of the communities that call me like okay i'm here i learn how you do it i learn what are your your because any any community is different each community is different each community has their own desires mm -hmm. and their own like red flags like there is people who for example wants to take needs a lot of money and they are they want without no limits and there are other communities that they don't want to take money. They want to do the things without money. And it's another red flag. So you need to find always the path. And all this information that the people create allows me to, to learn more about the, how the society works. And because we work always on the margins, we are, we are working in the, on the boundaries. Circus is on the boundaries and the communities of circus are on the boundaries. It makes it, in order to, to apply your knowledge in this, in this field, in this boundary, you need to have a really 
great understanding of all the things that are on the system. Like we work out of yeah. the system, but we know perfectly how the system works. Uh, I'm an expert on the yeah. system, you know, and now that I'm reading all this legislation of Spain, the education, I, I think oh, I need all of this information in order to stay on the borders because in the borders are the, the where the system push itself to something new, to something more inclusive, to something more beautiful, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. You said the thing about um, at the beginning, like too, when, when I met you, I was surprised because I saw this person with all this passion and talent and clear vision. And you told me like, you didn't know where you were going. And I think my advice is like, it doesn't matter because it's going to be great. <laughs> like, you know, like I think uh, there's like not all career paths can we, ch you know, can you choose for yourself? Right. Like um, a lot of people tell me this. I feel the same way is like it's sort of a career field that chose me you know, not the other way around. Like I didn't choose to be this new profession. I didn't, this profession didn't exist, you know, before. We don't have a, a profession. We have a role. We are taking a role and we are doing our best in order to get some money to continue doing this. But, but this is not a profession because I changed the role. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a role. I feel like that too. It doesn't feel like a career. It feels like a role. And we exist inside this ecosystem of circus and the community, you know, supports us in the ways that it can, you know, but um, it's new. It's a new field. It's kind of terrifying, you know, to be exploring and figuring out like financially how to make it work and all this stuff. But I love it. I love the adventure. And I feel so grateful that I am living in this particular moment of circus when so much transformation is happening and, and we get to be part of that. Yeah. But unpacking and understanding what we are is kind of confusing because <laughs> like what is your you, you know you just describe so many different activities like the things that you're doing like my day-to-day -day job like involves so many different skill sets that aren't related to circus as we understand it from the past right and that's what i mean with like this new generation of circus people we are multidisciplinary we don't i just don't mean multidisciplinary like oh i do acrobatics and juggling like no we are multidisciplinary i'm an architect I'm, I, I study English literature, like so many doctors and sociologists and psychologists and therapists that the, the transfusion that's happening and the circus person of the future, I think looks way different than, than the past. And I think this social thing that we're doing, you know, playing this role, you know, I see myself as an instigator as well, playing a role to produce a change. Yeah. And it's a change that, what what is this change and why do we value this change, right? The change I think in general is social right we want circus to become more social um but again to make another reflection with traditional values versus social circus values right um i've had this conversation uh, quite a bit is that um you know with the traditional circus it's about protecting the the knowledge right it was it was about you know that's how you sell tickets i have these secrets these these this magical show you're going to see and I, I want to exclude you from it. And the only sort of inclusion back in the day was with the freak shows, right? Which wasn't very necessarily, there's different debates on that, but it wasn't a positive portrayal of people with disabilities. Um, and then social circus says the opposite. Social circus says that you don't have to go to a tent. You don't have to come to us, right? You, there doesn't have to be a boundary between the performer and the audience. We can be together um, in one classroom not in a, in a tent. Although a t many circus schools, 
their classrooms are tense, you know? Yeah. Um, and trying to sort of um, figure out where the line is between these two cultures and how we can learn to move forward together, I think, is an interesting topic. But do, do you know one thing? I, I was talking with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Olga. She's an, a researcher from, from Colombia. And she told me the origins of social circus. In the origin, social circus in, in, in uh, Brazil, it was called Circus for Social Transformation. You know, like, but after later on in Europe or probably in U.S., we take social circus as something that circus uses in order to help. The, the meaning of social circus is not to help. Yes, we help. We know that we help. But it's social transformation. You know, like, we are making circus, and that transforms the society. Just mm -hmm. in order to teach people that normally they don't know that they are able to do things. For example, be a human being that can be respected, for example. This is a skill. When you know that you are a human being that could be respected, Because I can do whatever I, I want to. I just need to work or I just need to, to, to believe in myself. That is transformation. It's more than social. Social yeah. is just, you know, it looks like I bring you money in order to help these poor guys. No, no, no. We are not talking about poor guys. We are not talking about people with disabilities. We are talking about people and we will transform the way they see themselves. And this will change all. And this is why I think we do circus at the end. Because... Yeah. The, you know, all these boundaries we were talking about, we don't fit on that boundaries. Even, for example, you are more outsider from your, your, your belongings, where, where, you, where you come from. I'm more from the center. I'm a privileged white guy, you know. We have been talking about this a, long uh, a lot of times. But I understand myself and I, I can see, okay, what a standard white male can do for the world, at least to push the boundaries. Is the is the less we can do as a community? Yeah, yeah. Is the, the least we can do? Maybe the boundaries are to make one flip more. It's it's okay. I can respect that. But maybe it's to put more people inside the boundaries because I I've done I'm not an anti-system. I, I I'm not an anti-system. I'm I need that the system are bigger in order that more people are part of it. But now now it's not like that. Yeah. So I feel like in two it's like. Um it feels like it's, there isn't really a divide between the traditional and, and the circus and the social and the way that you're describing now, because circus has always been about, you know, encouraging cultural transformation, right? Like the, the circus was for a long time, the only place that people had access to things like technologies that they'd never seen or animals from different places. Um, so it's always played that role in society. And I feel like in the last 20 years, like it's really been unleashed You know, the power of circus has really been unleashed for the first time because now we're seeing it. There's an industry around the idea of sharing it with other people as a form of enrichment, not just an art form, yeah. you know, as a form of personal experience for yourself. And the, yeah, the impacts of that are unbelievable. Um, the other thing you mentioned, you brought up, you know, this conversation in Latin America about the terminology social circus and looking for other ways to describe it. Um, I think this could be a nice transition into some things I want to talk about later is um, this separation of the terms social and circus in Latin America, because Latin America is sort of, um, you know, it has its own culture here. It has its own ecosystem. Yeah. It's a bit of a separation between the European and North American uh, cultures. 
And they've been developing a brand of social circus that has been sort of inseparable from circus. <laughs> you know, like it's very weird. Uh, it has a more ambiguous meaning here, I feel, in my experience. I've been in Latin America for three years now traveling around. And it's very hard to do any form of circus here that is not social. Like, you know, just like it's impossible to juggle without experiencing its benefits. You can't really do circus in Latin America without being social. So the term social circus becomes a little bit redundant, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's when you fall in love with this culture, you know. I think may, maybe we're viewed a little bit more radical in Europe and uh, North America, right? Our ideas of using circus as a form of transformation are a bit more um, radical. But in, in Latin America, because I think a lot of this has to do with the needs, the needs of the society, like circus, you know, uh, circus art form always reflects like the, the taste of a culture, right? And social circus always reflects the needs. So like in the United States, it's, it's a lot of programs are focused on the racial divide, right? Whereas in Europe, you have a lot of programs that are focused on refugees and that's going to influence your, your culture, your industry. So in Latin America, there's just so much need. There's just so much need and there's not enough resource. So um, doing circus here ends up becoming this, uh, just the choice to do circus, whether you're a performer or you're social, um, it's a it's a statement of resistance to the system. It's a, you know, because uh, a lot of the circus here happens on the street. Like it's not happening in theaters or even tents, just on traffic lights. Yeah. <laughs> And this is this is a curious thing, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it is, and also, you know, the fact that in Latin America there are these big circus people, you know, like these people that are crazy, like they can juggle everything, they can do any flip you can imagine, they can they do the the most impossible thing, they do it. So where they come from? Where, where is the origin of it? What are the 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 fire that push all this? Uh, because they don't have so much circus schools, they have. They have, yeah, and they are good, but not all of them can go inside a circus school. So where they learn that, where where they do that, and yeah, it's 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 a it's a big question. How the circus grows in a place where probably only grows circus, you know, or it's a <laughs> yeah, you know, it's another thing. Circus, like circus, is everywhere. Like there's very few things in the world that you can find like culture, like music, dance. Like when you get to global. You're, you're talking about the, you know, the bread and butter of human existence. <laughs> yeah. And uh, circus is one of those things. But I think what's interesting, though, when you compare circus to those other things, like just music, dance, other art forms in general, like this whole us being on the outside. Um, and now in European, it's like that outside thing. They went from being on the outside to being more like uh, prestigious, right? Like an art form. Like that's the goal that Europe had for their circus and industry. And that's what they achieved. Um, in here in Latin America, though, I hear like a lot of conversations about like, there's a, is a debate, you know, like people, some people think that's the way they should go and others don't want that, you know, because, um, what's an, what's an interesting reflection. I've learned a lot being here. Like it's influenced my perspective a lot of what it means to be an artist, why we create art in general. Um, you know, like I see like in Europe to be a successful circus performer, you need to be the best in all of Europe, mm -hmm. right? You need to be number one. If you're not number one, then you didn't succeed, right? But here, like in Latin America, it's everything is more localized. So you get these artists like a clown. He's been working in one city for 20 years and he is beloved. 
they paint murals of his face on walls, you know, in this city. No one outside of the city knows who this guy is, but this, this person has such a high quality life. Like they, they are using circus as a tool, as a social tool for themselves. Like these communities then support them. Um, and in Europe, I don't see that people strive in for that as much just to use the art to be sort of a, a function within your community to play a role, right? Not to not to have a career, not to be a performer, but to play a role. Yeah, because we are all actors, right? And in this on the stage. <laughs> yeah, this is this this makes me okay. I, I have a question that it's just uh, uh yeah in in the in the in the path. But just, for example, what what's your goal as as Craig Quad? For example, if your goal is this role in the community, there is a special guy who is a circus player. He's a circus um, artist. But if our goal is to make everyone circus artists, what will happen with this circus artist? So probably that is not the goal, but what's the goal? Yeah, no, the, the goal is definitely not to make everyone circus artists. I mean, I'm actually still someone who one of my goals is to, you know, influence reform within the, within the circus industry as well, because it's sort of notorious for abusive practices, you know, and with my students, I try to give them good advice, like not to go down that path of um, trying to be elite artist, because that's, that's not the only function of circus, right? Like you can use circus for many other things. And for me, with my, with my experience with it, it was introduced to me as enrichment, And it's always been a tool for me uh, for that. So when I share circus, my goal is not to make performers. That's like, if that's their goal, th then I'm happy for them. But that's not my goal. My goal is to uh, help them connect with themselves and others to become more aware of themselves in reality. You know, mm -hmm. like my goal is to use circus as a tool for personal development, personal growth for individuals. And then collectively for that personal growth and that personal development to impact us as a society, you know, because circus is also something that offers an alternative to traditional competitive sport. And that's something that I think is really responsible for driving it's the growth of its educational markets, because traditional sport just doesn't do the job like it used to, you know, it never really did the job yeah. for physical education, but in today's society and culture, it's not helping. And we're finding that circus fulfills all those gaps, you know, because it's not just about physical education at circus. It's about personal development. And it's not about setting like fixed point objectives. It's about creating a, a relationship with yourself, you know, a lifelong relationship with yourself that involves learning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my goal for circus is to, on a, on a localized level, on a personal level, to help people feel better about themselves, like you said, you know, it's hard to find the words, right? You know, you have to experience it, I think. You have to know, and I'm someone who, I, you know, this first generation as well is people who grew up in social circus and now became social circus practitioners. So I have this really uh, beneficial perspective where I, I know what it means to, to have the gift of circus and I know what it means to give it. Um, and I, I love, I love it. I'm still receiving the gift of circus, you know, like throughout my whole life. Like for me, you are a gift of circus, <laughs> like having a relationship with you, getting to spend hours talking about, um, you know, our visions of future circus has been amazing. And now we get to do this awesome project, which I think we can start to talk about, right? Esta Pasando, 
or IC functional juggling. I know the listeners are expecting to hear a lot about the functional juggling project, but there's a lot of other podcasts you can check out um, where we talk more about that. But I see now every all the work that I've been doing has been building up to something else as well, you know. And it's interesting how I met you at the beginning, and now I'm working with you again to to produce the new direction of the project. So, do you want to talk about it? Uh, está pasando, man. Está pasando. It's happening because uh, it, it starts uh, yesterday because yesterday Josefa, the responsible for uh, Quiet Prof Chile, uh, she took the ban. We were waiting for almost a year with all these problems. You best than anyone knows what how, how much things happen before we have this ban. So we will start to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will start... I know. <laughs> <laughs> we will start to move uh, from Chile to Colombia, and later on we will come back to, uh, through Bolivia and uh, Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina. We will make the whole round. Probably we go in some point to Mexico. We don't know because the 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 goal here is to know what's going on in the circus in South America, in Latin America, because. For me, is the biggest circus network and the most interesting circus network in the world. Like everywhere, everywhere you can find circus, everywhere you can find people, random people, not famous people, doing the most incredible impact on their local community, and they don't take the time yeah. to show the world what's going on. So I just want to go there to ask how they do it. I don't want to teach anyone. I want to ask how you do this, yeah. how you go to this neighborhood full of narcos or whatever are your, your, your neighborhood because they're different topics, different... Maybe there are normal uh, community circus ways, but yeah, yeah. there is full sure. of incredible and beautiful projects with, from random people. And I just want to go there to take some pictures, to take some videos, to make some uh, uh, interviews and to sit and watch how they do it and to learn how they do it. Because there is small projects who become big there are small projects who disappear but there is all this information about the circus core like the, the, the you know the, the, the brutal circus itself urban circus like also like traffic light circus communities there is all these travelers there's a lot of circus that happens there's a lot of circus that happens here that is not documented because that's not the purpose of it right but it's still beautiful and it's amazing this opportunity to document it and during the pandemic right is when we came up with this idea because i was already on tour i had 17 cities i still needed to visit in latin america and um, the pandemic happened and then that gave me the time to develop some resources and reflect on like what it was, what was, what was I actually doing with the functional juggling project? Cause I thought I was sharing functional juggling. Right. Mm -hmm. But along the way, the way that I was sharing it, I was doing community development, yeah. you know, cause I arrive in a city and everyone in that city wants functional juggling. Well, there's three different schools I'm going to work with. And normally those three schools don't interact yeah. with each other. And that my project kept bringing, and I saw, and then after they, they had that shared thing, functional juggling, and then I follow on social media and I see six months later, they're doing collaborations yeah. and they're, you know, having more success. So I wanted, I wanted to document all of that because I felt, you know, like it was important to share. It was the thing that was impacting me the most in all of this process is just being exposed to all of circus, you know, having the European perspective helps me better appreciate what's going on here. But yeah, and, and also it's important what you say that 
for us, uh, for me, the opportunity to enter in these communities around Latin America is through functional juggling. So I'm going first exactly. with Josefa, yeah. f- uh, later you will come from, from some period. So we are invited, like people is calling us because they want to have a seminar of functional juggling. So we go to their bedrooms, you know, they invite us as a yeah. part of the, of the seminar. We are, you know, this low, low uh, profile. Uh, we don't, we don't, there is no so expensive to have this. It's expensive, but we don't, we don't ask for so much money. So we make another thing that is okay, but you need, I, we need to invite us as exchange. Your, your community. We, make we need to be part of your community. It's one of the, it's, it's needed in order to make this seminar. So we enter to the core of the communities and we start from the core to see what's going on and to make these connections that are the goal as we did in, in Mexico, as I have done in Spain, as you have done in, in, in US. So it's to build up all this network and also connected with Spain and Europe in my, in, with my, this and you in US. So, right. So essentially you're acting as a journalist that is traveling along with the Quap Props tour yeah. of Latin America. Yeah in hopes of documenting and getting, gaining a better understanding about what's happening, right? Um, and then that's phase one, right? That's phase one of your goals, of your dreams. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me what, after that step, after that phase, once, once we've mapped out, we've created this underground circus railroad around Latin America, um, what is the plan? What is the next plan? Do, do you want me to talk about the tent? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. You know. I want you to explain. I want you to explain to me how we connected all of the traditional concepts okay. of circus into this new form of circus and how we envision its future. Okay. Traditional circus. I love it. I really love it. But there is something that for me is not interesting anymore. But there is something that is really beautiful is the fact to this thing that the circus arrived to the city and move city by city. But now my focus and your focus, and I, I imagine this project with you, is to do this trip on the next phase, on the next round, but copying the traditional circus model as arriving the tent and set up in the tent, but it's not full of circus. Yes, it will be some cabarets, it will be some community people that, that plays and that uh, act in, inside this tent, but the focus is pedagogy, is how to teach, how to interact, how to make, you know, these uh, seminars, not just functional juggling, but people, local people, and other uh, teachers that want to join us and share. And it's this sharing model to move around. And we know how to make money because we are experts on that also. So it's, it's this way to make a new kind of circus. It's a circus that teach how mm-hmm. to teach the impossible and how to teach another teachers mm-hmm. how to teach the impossible, to make this community in movement it will start in Latin America probably after we will move around the world because we are people that get bored in some point of the incredible things and it's our life, is the path we, we choose. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, that's the, so uh, the dream. The, so the, the idea then is to map out a network of you know, socially circus-based communities around Latin America that we can use as anchor points and then use the traditional model of a, of a circus, of a traveling tent that arrives in a new place and brings information and knowledge from yeah, other places. As it used to be. But we focus on, peda- focus on pedagogy, yeah. network development, yeah. professional development, yeah. those type of things. Yeah. 
the tent travels. Oh, so, so the idea is that I think this is what's it, the incorporation of so many themes in circus are in this concept because you have that traditional traveling circus concept going way old school. But what we're presenting, I think, is actually a model that was developed in Europe or it was really strengthened in yeah. Europe. This this concept of professional development gatherings, which I've attended dozens in Europe, you've attended dozens, yeah. right? Like, can you describe that a little bit for me, what those projects are like and what you hope to model here in Latin America? Yeah, uh, you know, this happened in Europe. I, I know in Latin America it happens, but in Europe it was the, the core of this new generation of circus. But after the meetings, for example, the AJC, these meetings of jugglers, in some point become a model and in some point, this federation of circus uh, pedagogy, like FedEx or uh, uh, ECO or Caravan, they make and, you know, squeeze this concept and make it, okay, come experts, different experts in a, in a, a concrete area, for example, acrobatics. They come all together and during one week, they share all the things they have in order to, for example, to make a, a I don't know, a, a book. Uh, it's a handbook for the rest of the acrobats from all Europe. And we use it and we translate it and we uh, push also the boundaries. We, we make more information because we are proving and testing with all the experience we have. I have participated in the acrobatics well, some, sometimes in Europe. You have been part of the, of the juggling also in Europe. And we met in one of these in Menorca. So... And we know that the, the European uh, network of knowledge has been working, spreading and growing from, from this kind of experience. I think that if we copy that in a small portions, like we are, we arrive to one city with some experts, but also we invite the experts in order to share, it will increase a lot the amount of knowledge. And that is because in Latin America, they have a lot of knowledge, but it's not formal knowledge. It's something that they have probably better than any other part of the world because they work a lot and it's just matter of us them and making yeah it's knowledge it's knowledge it's more like old school circus yeah. knowledge it's knowledge that can be lost in one generation yeah. you know if things go sideways that knowledge can be lost in one generation yeah. and it's taken hundreds of years to develop that knowledge yeah. so i for one would like to capture it even even if that knowledge doesn't go away even if it just keeps transforming i'd like to be able to have something to reflect back on and say what was the culture of circus in latin america in this moment yeah um and the evolution but the just combining these models to make it clear to people like i'm, I'm hoping what this podcast can do is just try to show i'm playing with this word now new circus New circus is my word that I'm, I'm throwing around because I'm trying to describe what we are. Like it's beyond social circus now. Like this concept of social circus was about like using circus as a tool to make like uh, social change in like sort of a downward direction. But now we're doing something else where we are civil disobedience. You know, we're civil disobedience. Like we are not just making social, like use, applying circus in social ways. We're using circus to transform society. Again, this word transformation is a constant theme, but new circus, if people ask me what I am now, I'm like, I do new circus. What does that mean? It means I use cir circus as a tool for disrupting systems of inequality. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, like in Latin America and this connection, it's so obvious that they have this connection with circus here because, you know, majority of the population is experiencing, you know, severe um, lack of opportunities, you know, 
And so, you know, like things like art forms, like, you know, for me growing up around New York City, like, you know, hip hop started off as this way to be resistant and, and speak truth to power. And that's what circus here is in Latin America. It's a tool for survival. Oh, this would be interesting. The division here, circus is a tool for survival. In Europe, it's 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 art form, and I think in United States, it's entertainment. Um, so out of those three places, like Latin America is like is you know this these these this social change is happening now in Europe. It's happening now in the United States, but it's been here forever. <laughs> like it's just always been the way. So. Another interesting thing when I meet people here too, like it, it disappoints me because they have this perspective, this colonist perspective is really strong that like circus in Europe is better than circus in Latin America. Mm-hmm. And everyone, when they meet me, they're like, Craig, oh, give me, give me a contact. How do I get to Europe? Help me get to Europe. And I'm like, honey, you don't need to go to Europe. You've got everything you need right here. You just need to know how to put it together. Like they have all the pieces. Um, it's just, you know, they've dealt with a lot more social challenges here in Latin America than they have in Europe. So it's taken them longer to get those pieces together. But I think that delay has allowed so much diversity to emerge, you know. So now when people really start to come together in Latin America and share, it's going to be an explosion. Yeah. Do you know, there is an important thing is when you have an answer, you have an answer, but when you don't have an answer, you need to find the answers. So this is what happens in these uh, in these places where they don't have the solution of something. They just need to create infinite solutions, and there is the creativity. Circus in Europe is really beautiful. I love it, but in some point, it's an answer. It's always the same. It's like this. You can see this is from Europe, or this is from other part copying Europe. There is an answer that is a European circus. I hope to find different, no answers, just propositions. I propose this. Probably I'm in a mistake. Probably my quality is lower than you expect. But this is something different. And in this point is where the the creativity and the new boundary is born, you know? Where is the new parts of the society are just in that limits. I think I think there's a lot that we're going to discover. <laughs> I think, in, and there's a lot that we will discover. So I think it's great and it's really clear like why we are doing the things that we're doing, right? Why we want to come to Latin America, why we want to do these projects for, for the community, the impacts we think our work has. But also personally, I love the experience. I don't know about yeah, you, sure. but I, I, I am someone who enjoys getting lost, just completely lost, thrown into new worlds. And that's been my experience the last seven years. I've been traveling nonstop, right? Yeah. Um, meeting crazy people like you. But I think, um, I hope that we've given people a sense, a small sense of what it's like to be uh, some people who are living on these frontiers right now. And I wanted to uh, finish the the podcast by asking you one last question, which is if people want to get involved, if people want to learn more, if they want to help or contribute, how do they do this? The, first of all, they can follow us in Está Pasando. Uh, there is a web, stapasando.org, O-R-G. Uh, they can send us a mail. I will open some point one, um, not crowdfunding, but this kind of uh, Berkami, I don't know, like uh, buy me a coffee if they want to help, support. I'm not sure if I will do it, but it will help. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also they can just ask by social media and they, I will, I will, I'm making a network, so we are making a network. So they can ask you, they can ask me, Mike Tree on, on Instagram, and we will yeah. make 
this we will build this community and as big it takes it is better is the goal the final goal is to make a really big connection through people mm -hmm. so for sure then people just connect with you on social media and we will put links in the descriptions for this episode yeah. um and yeah I, i feel the same way and i think it's something we can you know, be clear with people about like, we're, we're collaborators, right? Like, yeah. you know, we're accessible, you know, we're different. Another different thing about us for this future generation is like the old circus leaders or pioneers were inaccessible, you know, like they, they're, they're on a pedestal and we are very accessible, you know? So if there's anyone listening to this and you don't, you don't know what it is you can contribute, right? But you have a passion. That's all you yeah. need, right? And, and my advice for everyone too is if you feel that, Just reach out to either of us, you know, even if you just want to share your stories about your experiences with circus, yeah. I always enjoy listening. And if, if there's, you know, it's because the same idea of circus or to end now on this note of inclusion, I think is good. Like what I love about it is like, you know, it's, it's, um, everyone is welcome. We believe everyone has something to contribute. Yeah. You know, when you arrive in circus, we don't ask what's wrong with you or what you can't do, you know? There's something that everyone can contribute. And we have this um, culture where we value that, you know? So if you're out there, you think you can make a difference, like go do it yourself or contact us <laughs> and start a conversation. I think we cannot say anything more. It's a, it's a good ending, no? It's like a yeah. closing thing. Thanks again to Miguel Manzano of the Esta Pasando Project. We really appreciate him taking the time to come on the show and chat with us in between his busy schedule of crisscrossing cities and developing circus culture around the world. We look forward to following his adventures, and you can check out the social media links for Esta Pasando and Quat Props in the description of the show. I am your host, Craig Quat, and it has been a pleasure to share with you some of my thoughts about circus. We hope you enjoyed the show and please stay tuned for our next episode, Academic Frontiers, where special guest Adam Woolley, Dr. Veronique Richard, and Dr. Dean Krillars will be sharing a conversation about their current work and pioneering research in the field of circus. If you do not already have a Circus Talk profile, I invite you to create one. If you are a talent, take advantage of the new profile fields that make you stand out in talent searches. And if you are a talent seeker, do not miss out on accessing over 30,000 talent profiles from 193 countries. Circus Talk has a special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code CircusVoices2022. Our podcast design was created by Emily Holt and music was composed by Book Kenenson. You can follow the Circus Voices podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's episode is also available on circustalk.com.